Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, tonight we are talking about uh, a couple of different things. Um, two things, really. Well, actually, first, there's one more piece of news, and maybe we should spend some time on it. But uh, we'll talk about three things, I guess. Uh, first, real quick, we're going to hit Alec Pell entering the transfer portal, the tight end, Um That'll be first right off the bat here in a second. Uh, from there, I want to talk about some of these transfer portal quarterbacks. Uh, Bo Nix, Auburn's quarterback for the last three years, entered the transfer portal today. Um, so did Keaton Slovis from USC. So at this point, there are a lot of quarterbacks in the transfer portal. Um, so we're just going to kind of run through those and see if we might be interested, what what the buffs could kind of sell to these guys, and if there's really any chance that the Buffs could pull in uh, a big-time transfer quarterback, somebody who you know national college football fans might know. From there, uh, I, you know, I've been pretty firm in my belief that Colorado is going to want to have an offensive coordinator figured out before they get to signing day on Wednesday. It is currently 5:30 on Monday, and <laughs> that means that the news should probably be coming tomorrow. Um, and again. I have some more thoughts there, and I could see the argument for waiting until after signing day. I don't like it, though. I don't like it, and uh, we'll talk about that uh, to kind of wrap things up. So there's the plan for today. Uh, tomorrow, there may be a podcast. There may not. Um, my plan is just kind of wait all day, and if uh, there's an offensive coordinator that gets hired, uh, obviously right away I'll sit down and record that podcast. Um, 
If not, we might take that one off. Uh, Wednesday is signing day, so we'll be talking all about that. Um, I'm actually going to be up in Boulder basketball practice Wednesday as well. That's going to be a busy day. So so Wednesday's podcast is going to be all signing day. Thursday, hopefully I'll have some good notes from basketball and, and, and an interview um, from somebody on that basketball team. I haven't figured out who yet. Um, and that'll be Thursday's podcast. Um, Friday, who knows? Who knows what that'll be? Uh, maybe previewing the uh, basketball game on Saturday a little bit. Oh, I think we're on the schedule for a live show at 4.30 on Friday. Um, we'll We'll figure it out. And then Saturday, there, will, there won't be a post-game live show, uh, but there will be a podcast that I record after that game. Um, so that's kind of the plan for the week. Um, there, there's a little bit of wiggle room. We'll see what exactly happens and how that affects the schedule. Um, but that's, that's kind of the general plan as of now. Let's jump in with Alec Pell. So Alec Pell is in the transfer portal, which means he is uh, looking for a new home. He was, he, is he an outside linebacker or defensive end? I think he was an outside linebacker when he came to Colorado. Yes, outside linebacker. And then uh, flipped over to tight end. You remember when all of the tight ends were hurt? I think that was the 2020 season, um, which is kind of crazy. That was that long ago. Um, so, yeah. Um, he, he red shirts in... Uh, 2019, he plays 2020, so he does have three years of eligibility left. He'll be able to play right away wherever he transfers. And um, here are my thoughts. I do think that there's a good chance that Alec Pell would be your number two tight end next season. Um, it's not a guarantee, but I think that you just look at uh, the, the room and, and how things kind of worked out last year. And the easy answer is always just to say, well, you take out the guys who left and bump everybody up a spot. And if that's the case, then Alec Pell fills in for Matt Lynch. Um, he's somebody who I know the coaches were really excited about. He's one of the guys we heard a lot about during fall camp. Um, didn't show it all that often on the field, uh, which, which you know, was, was a little bit disappointing. He also was surpassed by uh, Matt Lynch, and Matt Lynch kind of, handled the, that backup tight end role. Um, Pell caught one ball this season for 17 yards. It was against Northern Colorado. So, again, this is one of those guys that you don't necessarily like to see go. Um, you know, it's not to, to bash anybody, but you, know, you see somebody like Keith Miller leave, and you say, well, you've been here two years, and you haven't really contributed anything. Alec Pell, at least we've heard some positive reports and, and thought that he could be a breakout contender this season um at the same time though you know there were, there were what 12 tight ends in that tight ends room in the spring we've seen a little bit of attrition there but that's obviously to be expected and honestly preferred um now you have uh, uh brady russell there at the top of the list you've got Luis Passareo um right behind him who is you know hopefully healthy next season. Um, then from there, you get to Caleb Fourier and Eric Olson. And uh, they, they brought in the, the freshman last year in Austin Smith. Plus, you know, you still got CJ Schmansky, Nico Magri, a couple guys who had to fill in with all those injuries last year. Um, so I, uh, I don't know. Here's, here's what it boils down to to me. So you've got Brady Russell next year, and he's your clear number one. 
behind him, you want to see one of the young guys pop, and Alec Pell fit into that category. You know, he has three years left to play. Um, you've got Kill Fourier, you've got Eric Olson, and those are kind of the favorites to really pop. I mean, Luis Passareo, how long? He, he was a freshman this year. I guess that was his first season. It feels like he's been around longer than that. Um, so, so I guess he's in that category too. You don't like losing one of the guys who could pop, but you do know that there isn't room for all of them. And you know, Eric Olson and Caleb Fourier, out of high school at least, were seen as the better prospect. Um, so again, I'm not too torn up about it. Um, he's, you know, again, this is kind of going back to my theory of this entire offseason. You want to see probably 10 to 12 guys transfer. I think this gets you up to eight. Um, and with all those transfers, you want it to be probably anybody but about 10 or 12 guys on the team. And Alec Pell was not one of those 10 or 12 guys. You know, they put you in a situation where now if killed Fourier transfers or Eric Olson transfers, and you're like, eh. I mean, you, you still don't have, like, an issue at tight end. You still have more tight ends than probably anybody in the Pac-12. But that's where you say, uh, well, we might go to the portal and see if we can find another young guy, just another shot to see if we have something for when Brady leaves. Um, you know, hopefully we'll be seeing more two tight end offenses. Maybe let's just jump into that next. Um, the offensive coordinator thing. And we're flipping the order a little bit, but I want to make just a little bit of a wish list real quick because I do think that there's... I mean, we can't be more than a week away. That'd be insane. Um, I really do think that we'll see an announcement tomorrow. Um, but, I mean, with it being the 14th, maybe you do create a little bit of skepticism from the recruit. You're saying, hey, maybe I should take some time and look at who this guy is. Um, I don't think so, though. I still think that you probably pull the trigger. Um, I guess the other thing I should say is I know that people are pretty disappointed that it's taken this long. Just the way that these things go. You know, sometimes, especially with head coaches, teams typically move a little bit faster. Um, but in terms of hiring coordinators, I mean, in theory, you're getting a, a coordinator who was gunning for one of these head coaching jobs. And because they're not getting a head coaching job, they're like, well, we'll take an upgrade in terms of where we're an offensive coordinator. You know, it's... I'm I'm not too worried about the timeline. Would have been fun for it to move quickly, I guess, and know who the guy is and to have already gone through the process of like going back and watching the tape, writing about it, and all those sorts of things. But uh, does it feel like this is a group of guys and Rick George and Carl Durrell and Lance Carl who are going to be rushing through this process? No. And does it really matter? Not at all. Um, so what matters is that you get a good one at the end and I don't think the odds really change all that much, depending on when it happens. Um, so there's my thoughts there. I know that that's been kind of contentious recently. But uh, in terms of what I'm looking for, you know, I could be pulled in a couple different ways. My big thing is, just, is that you just need somebody who can call plays. You know, Carl Durrell is not going to be calling plays. You need somebody who is going to, to do that and do that well. I think I'd like to see play-calling experience. I know that there's... There's a push for some young up-and-comer, and I get that urge. But at the same time, this is not a team where you want to be taking risks there. I think that what you want is somebody who can come in and just kind of steady the ship a little bit offensively. You know, that's what Darren Cheverini was. Darren Cheverini was the young guy getting the opportunity, and I guess it was his second time through here at Colorado getting that opportunity. But 
I really do think that that a steady hand, somebody who probably has maybe had an offensive coordinator job before, um, would be something that I would be happy to see. Again, it'd be exciting if it's you know somebody who comes out of the Patriots coaching tree or something, and Carl's gotten the good reviews and says, "Hey, this guy's going to be a good coach." It'd be, it, it, I will be fired up if they get some 32-year-old or whatever to come in and just start doing what he does and gambling on him and seeing if it works. But, you know, what is that path? You know, if it really works, then he's here for two years and then he's a head coach somewhere. That's not all that fun. Like, like what, what I want to see is somebody who has a little bit of experience, somebody who calls plays, somebody who runs a good offense you know, nothing too bland, nothing too one-dimensional. I think that Chev was pretty one-dimensional. Um, somebody with knowledge of the running game would be nice. Somebody who has a real idea of how they want to call run plays, when to run zones, when to run powers, when to run counters, when a toss is going to work, and, and how to kind of keep the defense on its heels in the in the running game and not just in the passing game. I think that it's, again, really easy to think, oh, here's how you structure things in the passing game. You got to get them here, and then they'll go here, and then you go there. But but in the running game, I think that's probably even more important. Knowing when to call the counter, when to call the toss, when to go heavy and try to run on them, when to try to run out of 11 personnel. And uh, that has to be the identity, right? Well, we're going to talk about these transfer quarterbacks in a second, but assuming you don't get one, at this point you got to say that the strength of this offense next year should still be running the ball. Even if you're excited about what Brendan Lewis did, even if you think, like, I, I think I do, that JT Shroud is going to be the starter next year, what this team should be good at is running the football, and they need to be put in good situations so that they're able to do that. Um, and so I think that somebody with a history in the running game would be something I'm excited about. Um, I'd be willing to sacrifice recruiting ability. And I know that's another controversial one too, but I mean, we saw it with Darren Cheverini. Once he was no longer just a position coach, once he was responsible for this entire offense, he didn't contribute all that much recruiting-wise. And you don't want to blame him. It's just that there's so many hours in the day. And before, when he was recruiting really well, he was up at all hours. You know, he was up in the middle of the night texting and calling and setting things up and figuring out what he needs to send guys and all these different things. And when you become the coordinator, you, you don't just all of a sudden get to sleep at night, but you don't get to recruit either because you're up all night building game plans and figuring out what you want to do, watching extra tape on, on your guys and their guys. There's just so much that needs to be done that you just, even if you are a good recruiter, you just don't have time to do all that much of it. Uh, it makes more sense to have those guys in the position coaching spots, I think, especially because, you know, the, the best thing you can do recruiting-wise in terms of, you know, bringing in a quarterback, being in receivers, bringing in offensive linemen, it's having a good offense, having an offense that people want to be a part of. And if you're sacrificing the ability to call plays or to game plan or an understanding of this or that or whatever in favor of having recruiting, well, you're probably doing yourself a net negative recruiting-wise. You know, maybe, maybe that means that in the first year you're able to bring in a couple more guys than the other offensive coordinator, but long-term, you're just setting yourself up for failure. You need to have a successful team in order to recruit. Um, I get, well, you need to have good players to do it too. The guys that are recruited by this offensive coordinator are not going to be on the field for a year anyway. Get somebody who can come in, somebody who can run an offense, somebody who can consistently get you to double-digit points, and then, and then we can talk about the other stuff. Um, again, there's 
We tried the recruiting thing, right? That's what Chev was, but it didn't work out because he didn't have time to recruit. And you sacrifice some other things probably in, in order to keep him around, to keep him as a recruiter. Um, you got to learn your lessons. You have to learn your lessons. And I think that that was a big one. And I think that there probably is maybe more of an emphasis on recruiting. But again, I don't, I haven't had an honest conversation with these coaches about what they think of this class. But I do know that they really want to trust their own evaluations and not the evaluations that come online. I know that that's scary, but when you have a bunch of guys with a bunch of football experience, we'll see. We'll see. You know, we saw good things from Nico Reed. We saw good things from uh, Tyron Taylor, from Trevor Woods, uh, from the kicker, Cole Becker. Um, Who did we not see such good things from? Ashaw Clayton? You know, even... uh, We don't need to be calling out names, but whatever. This is not a recruiting job. Recruiting is like number three for a coordinator after some really important things, things that really define what you are as a team. Got to find a way to get more points next year. And in terms of, of like, the other big question I think is is with Carl coming out of this, uh, um, like, West Coast background, you wonder what that means. I think just my, my first thought is, well, that means all of his connections are in the West Coast world. I mean, he goes through the Dolphins, he goes to the Jets, he goes to the Broncos, um, you know, he, and that means he probably knows a bunch of guys at the Vikings right now because they, they run something similar at this point. So I do think that that just means that, you know, 70% of the people he hears about probably have that West Coast background, and it means it's more likely that you bring that in. I think that you really just have to buy into it. You know, I think that last year... What? We saw the Reddit post. It was about 85% Chev's offense, about 15% Carl's offense. I know that Carl gets a bad rap for what his offense is because it is dated or whatever, but I don't think, again, that this is a team where you say, yeah, let's just let's just go air raid here. This will work. You've got the receivers, but I think you're banking on the wrong side. If Colorado is going to be good, it's going to be because of defense and good play in the trenches. I think you start building that identity, especially when you had it just a year ago. So this like West Coast zone power run, they were pretty versatile in terms of zone and power this year. But I think I think you do probably lean toward that. Um, again, maybe this is another case of learning your lesson. You know, Darren Cheverini comes from the air raid background. You tried to mix it with what Carl did. Obviously did not get good results. Let's try something new. Um, let's just buy into a West Coast offense. It's been... I think the best scheme that there has been in decades, go out there with two tight ends and see if you can run guys over. Um, That's my thought. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe he does want the wide-open passing game, air raid tree type. Um, Hopefully that comes tomorrow. I still... When when you say I really think it's going to happen by the 14th, on the 3rd, then you're just like, yeah... There's still plenty of time, plenty of time. I still probably do think that they get this done tomorrow because I think it just makes too much sense. Um, you you don't want these guys to be signing on to something that they don't know about. Um, but at this point, you know, if, if these guys are playing to sign, they're playing to sign. And maybe you just don't mess with it and say, get them in here and then we'll figure the rest out later. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. But I do think, at the, I mean... 
If it doesn't happen before signing day, I bet it happens right after because this has taken what this is probably in the longer twenty percent of of offensive coordinator searches at this point. Yeah, I don't think that's a good thing or a bad thing. You just need to find the right guy at the end of it. We'll see who that guy is probably pretty soon. Want well, to remind you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. Um, I was at that Broncos tailgate yesterday, knocking back some of those seltzers. Actually, I went eight and zero at the beer pong ta- table before that Bronco game. Felt pretty good. We were pretty locked in. There were uh, some close calls. There were some teams that made some rebuttals that were just brutal. But uh, we wound up winning. Came in clutch when we needed to. Eight in a row, and then a quick retirement when my girlfriend got to the tailgate. Um, so. That was a lot of fun. Would not have been nearly as much fun without the beers and the seltzers from Breckenridge Brewery. Really is good stuff. And right now, you can get your hands on the Christmas Ale, which is limited time only. They do it from November and December. I think like late November and December. It's really good stuff. You can pick it up wherever you buy beer. A lot of places will have the mini keg, which is a lot of fun. Bring that to a party. Give it as a gift. Whatever. People are going to love that you did that. Uh, So get your hands on one of those for yourself, one of those for somebody else, and you will not be disappointed. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, They make so much of what we do possible here, just like Breckenridge does. Um, I haven't haven't made any bets in a couple days. Oh, that's not true. I made one dumb bet. When the Broncos scored on their first two drives yesterday, I was like, oh, they got another. So I bet on them at like plus 120 to score on their third drive. I think it was a three and out. So I lost a little bit of money there. Um, which is not fun, but you know, almost made a lot of money. All it would have taken was the Broncos scoring on the Detroit Lions. But uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It, it gets more reason for you to watch a game. I mean, what? It's five forty-five now, so we've got Monday Night Football kicking off a couple minutes. I don't even know who's playing. I've been so in the Buffs world and the Broncos world these past couple days. I'm gonna turn the game on. I'm gonna watch a first drive and say, hey, here's who I am betting on. Um, oh, is Vaughn playing tonight? I think it's Vaughn and the Rams. I have trouble not betting on Vaughn. It just makes casually watching a game more fun. So do it. Uh, and the best part is you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. And bet $1 on any team to score. Win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code DMVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports bank partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Uh, wrapping things up, want to talk about these transfer portal quarterbacks. Um, it's, it's turning into a pretty fun group, and the change was today. The change happened in these last couple of hours. Um, we saw Bo Nix enter the transfer portal. We saw Keaton Slovis from USC enter the transfer portal. And, oh, this reminded me. One more thing on Alec Pell. This is a tough call. It seems like a lot of the guys who transfer, you can't tell if, or, or you can tell whether it was their decision or the team's. And, I mean, sometimes it's blurry. But, I mean, if if Brendan Rice transfers, which I don't think he will, then you'd be like, oh, yeah, this was a Brendan Rice decision. If whatever the last guy on your roster is transfers, you're like, ah, coaches probably went to him and said, hey, you can stick around if you want. You've got the right to that scholarship, but you're not going to be seeing the field here. If you want to play football, you should probably go somewhere else. And that's a conversation that's had often. 
And with a lot of guys, you can say, uh, it feels more like a team decision. Or the team can't decide, but the team can say, we would recommend that you do this. Um, so I, you've got that on one side. You've got the potential for a better opportunity for the kid or whatever. The Alec Pell situation is a tough call. I'm not sure which way that would have went. So I don't know. Would And that's why this is another tough one for like how how tough is it for the buffs that he left because they might have just said like we we just can't block Caleb Fourier and Eric Olson at this point based on what we've seen or they could be saying oh no these freshmen have shown us nothing I wish Alec wouldn't have left there's no telling um you can make your own guess these quarterbacks though like I said headlined by Bo Nix Keaton Slovis you've also got Zach Calzada you remember him from the Texas A&M game, filled in for Haynes King. He was a freshman. He's got three years of eligibility left, and uh, he is on the board as well as of today. You've also got Taquan Robertson, the quarterback from Penn State, a four-star um, who I don't know that he played at all. A um, little bit small. He could be, could be next up. Um, remember Clay Millen. He was one of the guys that Colorado was in big on. What was that? That would have been... Who was the 2021 class? Colorado was in big on him, wound up with uh, uh, Drew Carter instead. Um, I'm not... I can't remember. What do the what do the rankings say? Um, Clay Millen, a .878 prospect. That's about the same as Drew Carter, I think. Um, but he is now in the portal. Um, other big names. Uh, Max Johnson from LSU is in the portal. Um, Michael Penix Jr. is in the portal. Uh, remember, he was the one for Indiana. They got hot during COVID. He had like the big diving touchdown that, that was kind of his shining moment there. Um, Adrian Martinez with Nebraska is in the portal. Um, Jack Sears from Boise State. He hasn't even playing, I don't think. That's just a name I know. Um, Hayner has a destination. Uh, then, I mean, you can get back to the older ones. Oh, Spencer Rattler is likely going to UCLA. I actually missed that. Is that official? I think the 24-7 sports has his 100% bet on him going to UCLA. Um, that'll be interesting. Um, yeah. Oh, Maddox Cop from Houston. He was the one in the 2020 class who Colorado was in on. He is also in the transfer portal. So there's a bunch of these guys out there. I think the question is, how many of them would you like to bring in? And it's it's tough because... <sighs> so if Keaton Slovis comes in, he's your starter, right? I mean, this time last year we were saying he was going to be a first-round draft pick. Had a bit of a disappointing season. Had... Uh, a, a freshman show up when he was injured and just light things up, and now he's out of a job. If Keaton Slovis is there, I think you got to say, what, very similar to JT Shrout, but has proven it at the Power 5 level, so you take him for a season and say, we'll figure it out from there. Um, oh, he's actually gained a, hard, a star since high school. Makes sense. He was a three-star, definitely a four-star transfer. Um, somebody like Zach Calzada. It's a tough evaluation, right? Because he definitely did some good things. You know, the game against Alabama, I think you do probably say you bring him in, you give him a chance to, to win the job. The question, though, is how many of these guys are you willing to say, 
this is our starter, and we will pull our starter from the portal. Because Zach Calzada, he's going to have a chance to play somewhere. Somebody's going to come to him and say, you are going to be our starter if you come here. You know JT Shroud? He, I mean, they're probably FCS schools for sure saying, yeah, you can come here, you can be our starter, we'll give you that basic guarantee. You want to go to Colorado? It's a competition. You're not getting Zach Calzada if you say this is going to be a competition. Likely. I wouldn't expect. The other piece is, obviously, you probably lose at least one of your quarterbacks, likely Brendan Lewis transfers, I would say, if uh, if you bring in a, a, a transfer. Um, so that's kind of the other piece. So let's just say it's like that. Brendan Lewis leaves the roster. This guy is your guaranteed starter. So you're left saying, okay, we've got him for one, two, three years, whatever. Then we've got Drew Carter, Owen McCown, somebody coming in. Are we willing to bet on that? Could always go to the portal again. Bo Nix, again, I think just based on what we saw from this Colorado offense, yeah, Bo Nix has plenty of flaws. He made some really dumb plays. But he also has like 400-yard passing games under his belt in the SEC. I think you look at that and just say, yeah, it's it's kind of a Jameis Winston maybe situation. But uh, my phone almost fell off my leg, sorry. Um it's like a James Winston situation where you say, yeah, 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. You can you can probably go 500. You'll have at least like a real offense, even if it might turn the ball over a lot. The, it, it, you're playing football again. And when you're in Colorado's situation with the worst offense in basically every stat, except for turnovers, um, you just need that pop. And, and if we say, yeah, this guy, I mean, we're not going to be winning the Pac-12 with him. We could probably get to a bowl game, though. I think you say yes to that, and I think Bo Nix is that kind of guy. Uh, also, note on Bo Nix, he had the do not contact tag on him in the transfer portal. So what that means is basically like he knows where he's going, or he has a short list of teams where he's going. And I, I, I really don't think that Colorado is on that list. So I don't even think that's possible. Um, so Bo Nix, you take it. Zach Calzada, he's right on the line for me. But with three years of eligibility, I think you say, yeah, bring him in. Hopefully, I mean, you, you probably keep either JT Shroud or Brendan Lewis. It might be a competition. It might not be a competition. It's tough to say. Um, but but you figure that out. And if you have to readjust next year, you, you do that. Um, Keaton Slovis, I, you obviously take him, in my opinion. Um, where does he wind up? And that's kind of the question for some of these guys. I don't know. Because, like, in the Pac-12, he could probably go to Washington if he wanted. He could probably go to, I mean, Oregon State, you'd think, would even take him. Even though they're excited about Chance Nolan and those guys up there. If you get a chance to bring in Keaton Slovis, I think you have that option. So is he even interested in Colorado? Does he have better opportunities? He probably has better opportunities, but who knows. Um, Zach Calzada, I mean, that feels like it's more in the Buffs range. Um, Taquan Robinson... Robertson, sorry. Again, just an, an exciting dual threat quarterback. Maybe you give it a try. Um, but again, you're you're kind of loaded with young guys, right? Like on campus this year, you're going to have uh Brendan Lewis, Drew Carter, and Owen McCown. Do you want another guy with four years of eligibility? I mean you wouldn't mind, of course, but if you're scaring somebody else away, and this is a guy who's already washed out of Penn State, eh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm interested, though. And that's the same conversation with guys like 
uh, Clay Millen or uh, uh, who's the other one? Uh, Maddox Cop, two guys who the Buffs were in on. Are you? Would you rather have him than Drew Carter? Probably. I mean, I don't think that turnover is all that bad there. I, I wouldn't mind seeing some offers made to those guys and say we'll probably lose somebody. And if not, then we've just got a stacked quarterback's room. At the same time, if you're one of those two guys, do you look at Colorado and say, yeah, there's this is where I'm going to have a path to playing time? Like, you're probably a year away from having a four-way competition at Colorado, and Colorado hasn't been winning that many games recently? Probably not. So I don't, I think for that reason, they probably don't go after another young guy. Um, I mean, they, they could go, like Zach Calzada is young. He has three years of eligibility, but he's somebody you, you probably have to say, you're our starter. This is not a competition situation. So I'm going to rule out some of these unproven younger quarterbacks. Um, let's see. Oh, Max Johnson from uh, LSU. I actually don't, know all that much about him except for the stats you know I know that he's he's been the starter and so that's something you like to see um but I I didn't watch LSU play all that much um completed 60% of his passes 2,800 passing yards 27 touchdowns six interceptions um what 330 in the first game against LS or UCLA, 162, 372, 280, 325, 260. So I was putting up some big passing numbers, kind of cooled off a little bit later in the season. Um, but I think that he's probably another one where you say, you, you were a starter at LSU and sure it wasn't the best LSU team. Come on over. Come come play for the Buffs for sure. You, you definitely are trying to bring him in. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., two years of eligibility. I think this is another tough one. Um, definitely exciting things, but uh, I think you probably do bring Penix in just because he is proven. He provides stability. And I think that based on this offense, you aren't growing and developing Brendan Lewis is a decent option. But if you could just say, hey, let's let's figure out the quarterback situation in two years, and for now, just patch it with a guy who we know is solid, a mid-tier Pac-12 quarterback, I think you probably take that trade-off just because you're looking for that stability right now. Um, and I think that you do that with Penix because um, you're not too worried about scaring JT away if you have somebody like that already. Adrian Martinez, let's not even go down that road. What, I think he only has one year of eligibility left. He, he has to only have one year of eligibility left. Um, did, no, we're not We're not doing that. Um, those are the big names. Those are probably the, the guys who you have to call on, right? Um, Got to call on Spencer Rattler. Um, but at least 24-7 Sports says he's kind of locked up. Um, they say they're getting... They say that... UCLA also has Dylan Gabriel locked up too, though the UCF guy. And there's no way they get both. So I don't know. There's there's just kind of a run through what is out there. I think we got most of them. Miles Brennan, even him. You know, he was the, he was the backup for Max Johnson at LSU, but he's been the starter before. I think that's another guy. You say, hey, stability. We'll take stability at this point and push the problems down the road a little bit. Um, so there we go. Big day for transfer quarterbacks. I think it's 50-50 the Buffs grab one. 
I think that they're going to try, um, probably for the five or six guys that we ran through, maybe some others who are more off the radar. But I think that if you're replacing this situation you have, you're looking for stability. Um, I think that if one of these guys agrees to come to Colorado, you'd do it in a heartbeat, and I guess they look the same way. I think those searches probably start when you get your offensive coordinator, which I also think is going to be the next couple days. So that's all I've got for today. We'll be back soon with more.